holding the line for the conservative movement. This is Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM Patriot 125. You know, a few years back, I was at a prayer breakfast, and the speaker was talking about the heroes of the age and how in heaven, when we get there, we're going to have our cool bodies, and we'll be able to sit around and eat and not get fat and not get tired, and we'll be able to sit around and talk to people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We'll be able to sit around and talk, uh, you know, hear the, the stories of David's exploits from him in person. And so it's the heroes of the age that I'm speaking of. And I believe I'm about to be joined by one of those individuals, people who went outside of what the natural, what was possible in the natural, and decided that they were going to do a thing anyway and kept driving towards it until they accomplished their goal. And then they continue to work. And so uh, my husband and I took our two, two of our three kids to see the movie on Sunday and it was an experience. I know a lot about sex trafficking. This is my job is to know a lot about a lot. But I still learned a lot about what's going on in our country and in the Northern Triangle countries. But most importantly, I gained a better understanding of how I can be a part of the solution. And every person in my life, even strangers that I've come across where this subject has come up, has said the same thing, that the movie moved them to action. So it's my pleasure to welcome into the show tonight, Tim Ballard, founder and former CEO of Operation Underground Railroad, OUR, and the inspiration for the movie, the blockbuster, the groundbreaker, Sound of Freedom, at Tim Ballard on Twitter. Tim, thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored to have you here on the show. I, I have a lot of great people who join me, but it's rare that I will see someone's story represented um, in a film or something like that. And actually admire that person and then get to talk to them in person on the show. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And thanks for going to see the film. Oh my gosh. It was so great. So friends of mine went to see it on Friday and they went as like couples with their husbands, but my husband and I wanted to take our daughters. And so we didn't go with them and waited until Sunday to go. And it was like this, this groundbreaking thing. We're driving there and, you know, both girls are, they've seen all of the movies, like we're big movie buffs at our house. And, and they were like, well, I wonder if I can take it because, you know, the subject matter is so, is so tough. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to say a prayer right now that we can handle it because we need to see this film and we shouldn't be afraid of it. And so we get into the theater, you know, we have minimal snacks. We're just like sitting there and waiting and then we get drawn in and the film starts. And by the end of it, I didn't feel that sickness in the pit of my stomach that I'd seen something that would give me nightmares that night. Rather, I was, I was really kind of uplifted by how you never gave up when you had to go into the jungle, into a part of this country where even the police wouldn't go in a wild untamed area controlled by gang members. Um, how did you like, what was your mental calculus on going in there? Or did you even think about it, Tim? Well, um, that's and and you know that the the place where it's that's depicted there is a place we've gone many, actually many times, um, <laughs> and there's places like that other places as well because you saw when you when you walked in there it's kind of haunting where Caviezel's walking around and you're seeing other victims everywhere, so it's 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 a large place that has lots of you know we our operators have been there several times to to get people out, but there's places like that all over the place. Um, and we do go into the darkest corners of the earth to to get these kids out. And honestly, it's people people think they make the mistake of thinking I'm somehow not scared or something because Caviso looks so calm on the screen. But I'm just as scared as anyone else would be, you know, 
before, um, even after. I can't watch the movie. I don't watch the film. I never. I can't watch it um, because it's it's it it haunts me, you know. Um, but I'll say this: in the moment, in it while it's happening, I am calm, and I can only attribute that to to God, to the prayers um, going in and during that. That all of a sudden, it's just things become clear, and and I believe in angels too. So. So I believe in angels as well. And I, I thought there were some really pivotal moments in the film. Um, one of them is the partner that you're working with in the film. Um, he's the guy with the flowered shirt and he's kind of, you know, always cracking jokes. And then at, at the most surprising moment, you, the character asks him, why are you doing this? And he tells a story of his own where this sex trafficking, the fact that these young people who are having sex for money are actually minors had intersected with his own life and that's what changed him. And I thought that was a beautiful testimony to how you don't know what will spark the inspiration for someone to do heroic things, to step outside of their comfort zone. You really don't know what it will be because it was the least likely scenario. I thought he was going to say because, you know, he lost a family member or a friend of a friend. And instead it was the most personal interaction you could have where it intersected with his life. And, and so are there other are there other stories like that where you come across individuals that you've been working with to advance your organization, um, underground uh, or Operation Underground Railroad, where you've seen the personal be the catalyst for what they're doing? Oh yeah, very very often. In fact, um, there is a, there's a documentary called Operation Two Saint that tells the story of another one of my heroes that I met that way, and um, it's it's a uh, it's interesting because when we his name his name is I guess no Marty, and by the way my friend, who we call him Batman DC Comics wouldn't let them use that name so they call him the Vampiro. That's a real story, very real. Like about ninety nine percent of that story that he tells about why he's doing this is real. And then the other person is a guy named Guess No Marty that comes to mind. Um, that year of two thousand fourteen when all this stuff went down in the film, uh, they didn't have time to tell you that it was a, it was simultaneously. Uh, going on in Haiti, we had, we had actually two operations that inspired me to leave. PragerU um, last week launched a, a series called Light in the Darkness, where I, we go through it. It's a docu-series, and it goes through what was happening at the same time in Haiti. And that's this, this man who lost his son. His son was kidnapped. He's, his son's a U.S. citizen. Uh, they're of Haitian descent. And the, boy, the little boy, Gardy, was born in, in, in the United States and later kidnapped in Haiti. And just this man's life is dedicated to finding his son and we still haven't found him. We've rescued hundreds of kids and, and dozens of bad guys have gone down looking for his son, but we've never found him. And it's just, what a, that, there's a story that certainly is a personal story that intersects with what became his, his mission. And uh, I would, I would encourage people to go watch the PragerU uh, series light in the dark. And you can learn all about that, that, that person and, and what happened in Haiti. We'll add a link to uh, the show notes tonight for people to, to easily find that. Thank you for sharing that because it's certainly we want to learn more and we want to know more. So that brings me to the other part of this because I can't have the experience that I have with my family. Um, the people that I've, I've interacted with uh, around this movie, none of us could have these experiences and understanding that the film brings without the story behind the story, which is that this film is actually over five years old. And it sat on the shelf at Disney because Disney purchased the previous uh, film company that had it, 
and in that purchase, when they realized what they had, instead of putting it forward to kind of balance out the billion dollars in losses they've had lately for their woke programming, they decided they wanted no part of it. What was it like getting the film back from them so that you could actually get it onto screen so we could see it? Well, I remember just being devastated when, um, you know, at first we found out, oh, Disney bought Fox. Um, so they're going to like, oh, cool. This could be a Disney movie. I, I you know, I'm, I wasn't too in, in tune to what, where they were going. I would learn later and then devastated to find out that they were very clear. We're not doing anything with this. We're sticking it on the shelf. What a lost opportunity, right? <laughs> For them. Um, but they wouldn't have marketed it right anyway. And it probably wouldn't have been successful under them, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it took, it took Eduardo Verastegui, the producer of the film, really who's he, he, the film's his brainchild. It took him a year. It took him a year to, 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 to wrestle that out of Disney's hands and get it, and get it back and then find it the proper home in Angel Studios. So then working with Angel Studios, what has that been like? Because I see the statistics going out everywhere about how, you know, um, Indiana Jones, the latest installment of that, was on twice as many theaters as Sound of Freedom, yet Sound of Freedom, it wasn't just a blowout. It was like a historic epic like Indiana Jones didn't come out that weekend. It was almost as if it wasn't there, even though it was on twice as many screens. What has that been like, seeing that meteoric success oh, well, for this film? I mean, a miracle. It's, 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 it's a miracle to us because Indiana Jones came out the weekend before. Um, you know, we, we weren't even out that So they had a whole weekend on us, uh, and we outsold them that weekend. This is the weekend before July 4th. We actually outsold um, tickets even though we didn't have, a, we had no movie in the theater, we still outsold them, and they had a movie. Then, then Monday and Tuesday, leading into July Fourth, that's when Angel Studios released the film. And like you said, Indiana Jones had two thousand more theaters than we did. Our budget was fourteen million; theirs was three hundred million, and we won. Not 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 by a little. Like we 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 had more tickets sold. Um, and it's only gone up. I mean, I just found out the second week, the second weekend we were in, in theaters, there's an increase of 25%. That never happens. That never, ever happens. You, you always go down, you know, and we're going up. We're trending up with every new week. And we haven't even gone international. Dozens of countries are calling saying, we, where's this movie? We want it here. We want it in our country. So we're just getting started. I know that that's the case because of the subject matter. And I understand um, the reason why people who actually see the film want other people to see it. Now, let's talk a little bit about the um, the reaction. I saw stories by Vice and Rolling Stone, and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is this is a uh, the right wing. It's it's old white Christian men. They're a dream. They're a hero, and they're saving brown people. And here we go again." reviews that indicate that they didn't actually see the film because this has nothing to do with politics. The, the film is absolutely apolitical, doesn't address illegal immigration, is absolutely a film about the subject. It, it sticks to the subject. It's so sticky. In fact, I was a little surprised by the end because, you know, I, what for what I do for a living, Tim, I'm thinking, well, it's probably going to, you know, have something to do with illegal immigration. And then I was talking to a friend and she said, well, Stacey, the film's five years old. This happened during a time where the border was, you know, not where it is right now. Like it's, it's not even a, a <laughs> part of the story. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so deeply embedded in politics because I do this for a living. I literally can't even like, you know, I, I'm having trouble navigating that this, that's, that's the truth here. So how have you, how have you, like when you see these, these articles written about the, the film that they didn't even see it, how do you deal with that, Tim? Because this has to kind of, it kind of has to hurt a little bit because they're, they're downing it. 
Oh yeah, it's 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 one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. First, they they're they're trying to stop this film, so they call it QAnon. The problem is, the film they forgot was produced, written, and done years before anyone knew the word QAnon. It doesn't take you. You saw the film. There's nothing political. Nothing QAnon. Whatever that even is. Mm-hmm. It's, there's nothing in it. There. There's nothing. Like you said, the borders were fine or much better. You know, when this when this movie was done, there's nothing political uh, in it. The left has politicized um, everything to do with children and trafficking, um, and they don't want. This turned on me. I've been accused of everything but murder at this point. I can't even believe the things. My one of my I have nine kids and they're you know, young kids, and one of them called crying to my wife, "Mom, are you getting divorced from dad? Why? Because the news just reported that you're getting divorced. Like what?" is going on like my kids are being affected by this you know but it's anything 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 to hurt this movie uh because they don't want to have the conversation that we need to have they don't want to talk about the eighty-five thousand unaccompanied minors that that their president has allowed into the country and they're lost they're lost and and this is a country by the way the united states which is the number one consuming country of child rape videos they don't want to talk about how the same people in these media outlets that are hitting us uh, are also trying to uh, trying to change the name pedophile to minor attracted person. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how we're sexualizing our children by giving them what is basically pornography in the name of sex education and tolerance. These are discussions that they don't want to have because they know they're on the wrong side of history, but they care more about their agenda than the truth. And so they need to lie about us. It's so funny also, I'll say this, the operation that you see happen on the island, that happened on October 11, 2014. Uh, it's very well documented. Um, and The Guardian, Rolling Stone, CNN, all of them reported glowingly on that operation. It was such a big hit. Um, so many kids were rescued, and they applauded us. We were their friends. We were their heroes, whatever. And the same outlets, eight years later, the story didn't change. The story is exactly as it was when they reported on it. Now the story's different. Now it's QAnon. Now there's something wrong. Now child trafficking doesn't exist. So you can see uh, how how dishonest and they're, they're, they're and moral really they are. They don't care about children. I can no. tell you that. Or if they do, it's way down on the list. Their woke agenda is first. It, it's first. It's last. It's everything for them. And so that's what yeah. makes the five year shelf sit. I kind of feel like it was providential because. When you did that interview, I think it was it's NBC or CBS, I watched it, and she said you were a hero. You were featured in that interview. You talked it pretty much the same as you're doing here about the, 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 uh, the sting that you did that saved the kids. And she, she, there, was no, there was nothing political about it. You talked about it. You talked about how you know, America is rising in, this, in, in the consumption of this material and how we need to fight it. And she agreed with you. Um, so it, there, there was nothing about it that seemed untoward or odd. The characterization of it now, I think that that's what makes the movie such a blockbuster. I'm, I think, and I, you know, who knows? It's hindsight's twenty twenty, but we don't know what would have happened. But it feels to me almost as if if the film had been put out by Disney, number one, poor marketing and their lack of of uh, real commitment to children would have been a, a Debbie Downer for this for this launch. But I think it's also the fact that it kind of got lost in the space because I never saw your interview back then. I didn't see that interview until three weeks ago. So the film coming out now, five years late, quote unquote, 
is actually the perfect time because of the focus on the pornographic books in the schools and the pornification of Disney and so much of our media kind of saying, that's not something that's real. That's actually, because I had someone tell me to my face, there aren't millions of kids being sold into sex trafficking around the globe. That's, <laughs> a, that's a talking point that you're using to try to further your agenda. And I know that because you like Trump. But I was like, wait, what does Trump have to do with kids and sex trafficking? <laughs> Like, can't I tell the truth about sex trafficking, even if I voted for Trump? Like, that, what does that have to do with it? So it's, it is a weird phenomenon, Tim, but I, I, God is providential. I believe this is the moment that it, I, it couldn't have been done better. It couldn't have been released better. Your interviews couldn't have been better. And I'm, I'm such a Jim Caviezel fangirl. I thought he was so great in The Passion of the Christ. And then he did The Count of Monte Cristo, which is still to this day one of my favorite films. And now he's in this. And each time I'm just like, how does he do it? Because he just seems like he was you. He was he was you, Tim. He was you. <laughs> yeah, Jim did a phenomenal job. You know, he when they came and asked me who I want to play me, I said Jim Caviezel for the same reasons you just said. He he plays in some of my favorite movies, and I said I don't trust Hollywood at all. I feel like I'm in business because of Hollywood because the content that they're providing and peddling mm -hmm. creates the demand that I'm fighting. So yeah. uh, I need someone who's a great actor but that loves Jesus, and that's what I, I said. It's just like that. Because I love Jesus, and I need someone that knows. I know, I know, Camiso loves Jesus, and this, and that was it. That's my reasoning, and and he did, he did a phenomenal job, and I do agree everything with what you just said about the timing. The timing is providential. I mean, all the issues that are hurting kids from from the border to the the classroom to this this trans foist on children, allowing them to consent to doing ungodly things to their body. Uh, you know, these things were not issues when this movie was ready to come out. Uh, and, um, and so the timing was completely God's timing. This film had to come out right now. So it could be used as a tool in the hands of the righteous to shine a light and protect children. Uh, and so we're, we're grateful. It was all, it was all worth the wait. I'm so glad. And I just, I knew that, um, you guys would be busy promoting the film and I've seen you everywhere. All of the channels I watch, you guys have been on, and I'm talking about the channels with the people who have our same kind of horrific right-wing beliefs, but you guys have been there. You've been on some mainstream places and I've just been watching. And I told my producer, I was like, just keep, keep carefully pinging because at some point we're going to be able to get him here so we can have this conversation for our listeners here at Sirius XM Patriot. And I'm so glad you could do it. Um, anything you want to share here in this last minute or so that we have together about what you'd like people to do, uh, things that they might say to get people who are reluctant to see the film, anything. I would just tell people this is a film that begins when you leave the theater. Uh, you leave inspired. You, I'm sure you woke up the next morning still thinking about it, right? It's one of those mm -hmm. films that it kind of sticks with you. It stays with you. And we just hope people will use that energy to get others to see it. Um, we're launching a new thing this week uh, called the Spear Fund. It's, it's, a, it's a new approach that's allowing us to scale uh, in solution to fighting tra trafficking that we're we're providing resources to every, any organization that is the best in the world to rescue that particular kid. So it's, it's, it's a non-competition kind of all-inclusive um, operation that we're going to be kind of bringing people together. So people should go check out the spearfund.org um, and, and, and keep, and keep the movie sales going. Let's keep going. We're, you know, a lot of the countries that we work in that we've rescued thousands of children in are, they're just now going to get the film. The film's just going to start landing uh, to them soon. So, <laughs> wow. um, so we've got to keep, keep the energy up. The energy has to stay up because the adventure continues. The movie actually begins when you leave the theater. This is the story of 
Um, regular people, a dad, a couple of dads who did heroic things. I am so pleased that we were able to land you here on the show. Um, incredible true story, edge of your seat thriller, a movie you must see. Thank you so much for making Sound of Freedom, for being the guy who the story is based on. Thank you for, for answering the call and for coming on tonight, Tim Ballard. So good to talk to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful and safe uh, weekend. All right. We will have more Stacey on the right for you after this. Uh, check out the show notes. You can find all the things he was talking about, angel.com slash freedom for the movie. Um, you can buy tickets to pay it forward. You can find out where it's playing in a theater near you. You can join the 2 million for 2 million, which is a 2 million ticket goal to save 2 million children who've been trafficked. So much great info over at the show notes at stacyontheright.com. We'll be back with more after this.